The recent outbreak of violence between Israel and Hamas has claimed over 9,000 Palestinian lives. This conflict is layered with history and complexity that has driven protests and anger from all points across the political and religious spectrum. Joining us today is Council on American Islamic Relations, Sacramento Valley Executive Director, Bassem Elkara. Bassem, as a Muslim American whose family is from the Gaza Strip, tell us how this recent violence has personally affected you and your family. Um, so far, we've lost over 25 family members, and the number continues to grow every every day. Every night, our time here, we call there because it's morning time there to see who survived the, the 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 bombing overnight. The bombings overnight is relentless. Um, they can never they can never sleep due to the bombing. The strip is the Gaza Strip is a very small strip of land, so any bombing is going to impact anyone. And just the uh, you know, it's just this guilt that you know I feel that I I live here in, in safety and 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 that my taxpayer dollars are being used to murder my people, my family, and that bombs manufactured here in the United States are killing the Palestinian people. So it's a it's a very difficult time. It happens, unfortunately, every few years, but it, ha it hasn't been this bad. Um, you know, this is what the Israelis call we, mowing the lawn. Every mowing the lawn of Gaza every few years. And um, and they just but but this time just seeing the humanitarian crisis, the number of deaths, um, the homes destroyed, the entire neighborhoods destroyed, no water, electricity. I mean, I think the whole world is in is in shock at what they're what they're seeing unfold before their eyes. Many who um, are either from the Jewish community or have spoken in support of Israel's actions bring to bear what they consider to be a fundamental fact, that Israel has a right to exist and a right to defend itself against the attack that happened on October 7th. What is your response to the fact that the, uh, that the people that make up Hamas are a danger to not only the Israeli people, but that the response is natural, given the fact that this unprovoked attack took place and took place um, just out of the blue. How, how do you respond to that? Well, I'll tell you how the Palestinians respond. I mean, um, in the West Bank, there is no Hamas, and yet settlers are, are going around lynching uh, Palestinians. Um, destroying their farms, um, destroying their homes with the backing of the Israeli police and the military. And so for Palestinians are saying, even before Hamas, Hamas is, is you know, has been is only been around for a few decades. And so if you look before that, this conflict goes back 75 years uh, when our, when the, when the indigenous people of the land were occupied uh, by, by others. And so for me, looking at this conflict, I actually take it a step back and I look at you know what created this conflict were actually was actually European anti-Semitism, and I, and I say that the explain the, what you mean by that. You know the, the Palestinians and, and and Jews are victims of the Europeans because what happened? It wasn't just the Nazis. It wasn't that the Nazis that were anti-Semitic and targeted the Jews. Um, it was actually throughout Europe, even the British. When the British, when Lord Balfour in nineteen eighteen uh, signed the you know the Balfour Declaration, giving. Um, a land that didn't belong, you know, didn't belong to them, um, to the uh, to the Jews. 
um, it wasn't done out of benevolence. Um, it, it was done to to solve the Jewish problem, as the Europeans called it. So they were anti-Semitic, and it was it was you know throughout Europe, you you know anytime there was a crusade or anything, even fighting the Muslims, they would attack and kill the Jews on the way. Uh, pogroms happened throughout Europe. So if you look at the root of it, it was rooted in, in European anti-Semitism, and the victims of it are are the Jews and the Palestinians. But in terms of what is happening on the ground right now, the, the attack and the response, yeah. how, you know, what is the, the feeling amongst the people that you speak with and that you represent with care in terms of this escalation of violence right now? And what happens next? Yeah. I mean, this is at a whole different level. I mean, in the past, you know, uh, conflicts, you would have, you know, 2,000 deaths, 3,000 deaths, but to see, you know, already over 9,000. And in this early stage, you know, it's only, it was, I think it's only like the 21st uh, um, day or 22nd day of the conflict. Um, people are very upset, very angry, um, seeing the images of women and children being massacred. Entire, you know, just yesterday, um, they bombed a in the Jabalia refugee camp, one of the most densely uh, piped places on earth, um, with our, you know maybe I think six bombs, killing hundreds, injuring hundreds, and um, the whole world is watching this. And then they attacked a an apartment complex, um, six floors, five units on each on each floor, filled with families, no warnings, just destroyed the whole building. And Wolf Blitzer on CNN actually confronted um, the, um, the Israeli official about this attack. And they said that they were targeting one Hamas official and, by killing you know, and injuring hundreds. So the thing is, the, the, for, for, for Palestinians or for folks that care about justice, the issue is 75 years of occupation. The Palestinians here are the victims. They're under occupation. Um, the Palestinians in 1996 uh, accepted uh, um, the Israeli state. And what did they get in return? Losing more land, more land, and more land. And if you look at the map, of Israel and Palestine, historic Palestine, pre-48, and then to what they're offering the Palestinians now or what the Palestinians have, the Gaza Strip. And even the West Bank, it's Batustans. So if you look at it, there are you know, villages and towns and cities connected um, and surrounded by settlements, surrounded by, by Jewish-only roads. And so they just kept increasing the pressure, increasing the pressure on the Palestinians to the point where um, an, um, an IDF um, Israeli official in August, in August, said that increasing settler violence will increase Palestinian terrorism. So they, the Palestinians already in Gaza were already dying. I mean, what the Israelis call we're putting them on a diet. So limited electricity, limited water, limited gas. I mean, the situation there is just it's horrific. It's horrific. No human being could go through what the Palestinians, um, not you know, in the West Bank and Gaza, but especially in Gaza, uh, what's been happening. Um, since you know, since 1956, when when the Israeli you know Israelis took over Gaza and then they, f they finally left, but then they kept the siege, one of the most brutal sieges for over 15 years. So we have to look at the root of the conflict. And the, the question is, Israel has gone away from a two-state solution. Um, the United States has not supported a you know a two-state solution or peace on on the ground. What's happening on the ground? We have the Biden administration that went even far beyond any Democratic or Republican administration. Um, in our history, giving Israel a visa waiver program when they know they discriminate against Palestinian Americans traveling over there to see their families. Many of them just get deported at the airport. 
Can you explain that a little bit? I, I haven't heard about that before. Yeah. What are you talking about? So the, the visa waiver program is something that um, it, where it allows Israelis um, to come to America without a visa. Uh, they can just fly into the U.S. and, and are able to stay for, I think it's 90 days, uh, without a visa. So this has never happened before because the, the State Department knows that Palestinian Americans and Arab Americans and others um, get discriminated against um, when they fly over there. Many folks just get deported at the airport, not allowed in or, or, or held for, for hours um, in humiliating conditions. And so no administration ever gave them this, yet the Biden administration gave it to the most right-wing fascist regime in Israeli history, where, as you saw, Israelis and folks around were protesting against the Netanyahu government and the judicial reforms there. And you're, and, you're specifically referring to the Netanyahu government. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and so um, and the current Netanyahu government, which includes the most right-wing fascist members in Israeli history, where Israelis themselves have been protesting against this regime for, you know, for quite some time, which got world coverage, you have Ben Gavir and Smotrich, who openly, openly uh, racist, hate Palestinians. Um, and uh, um, Smotrich was uh, sorry, Ben Gavir wasn't even allowed to run for office. He he was he was you know arrested for terrorism in Israel. So you you have you have folks that are arming settlers. Ben, ben, um, ben Gavir right now is giving arms to settlers who are going lynching Palestinians in the West Bank, and this is not. For, uh, information for me. This is Beth Salem, the Israeli, you know, human rights organization, video documenting um, these attacks almost on a daily basis. This uh, at, at and not to draw an equivalency, Bassam. Uh, when you talk about horrendous atrocities like you just described, um, we've had others. As a matter of fact, we recently had. Uh, Sacramento Mayor Daryl Steinberg talking about atrocities uh, of a similar nature against Jews in Israel. And, you know, it appears that on both sides of this conflict, there has been horrendous behavior by, by all involved. My question to you is, what is the path forward from here to try and de-escalate the situation and move to some place where it is that these you know historic and multi-decade issues finally get addressed or is that a pipe dream i mean unfortunately with what the united states is doing right now it's it's becoming a, a, a far-fetched dream because what you know by sending billions of dollars sending more weapons that's not helping the situation Right, that's not going to resolve the Israeli-Palestinian issue. It's not going to. It's not going to make Israelis nor Palestinians um, safer. And so, the thing is, if you look at proportionality, if you look at all the conflicts, um, just if you you know Gaza and in between Gaza and Israel, you look historically, it's twenty-five Israelis killed, two thousand Palestinians killed, fifty Israelis killed, you know, fifteen hundred um, Palestinians killed. We, if we, but we, you know, in our tradition, we have to we value every single life. You know, in, in our tradition, the life of one human being is more holy than the Kaaba in Mecca, you know, where Muslims pray towards. That is our understanding of, of humanity. And so for us, we came out, clear, uh, you know, early on and said the attacks on any civilians is unacceptable, will, will never be condoned. And so, but the thing is also the use of propaganda. So what happened to justify this latest aggression on the Palestinians 
Um, the Israeli, um, some Israelis came out and said 40 babies were decapitated. Uh, President Biden came out on, on national television and said, so I saw images of 40 babies decapitated. And the world was like, who are these savages? Destroy these savages, kill them all. And then a few hours later, President Biden had to backtrack um, that comment. And it was it was shown it was false. It was that was not true. That was also reported in the L.A. Times, was it not? No, the LA, so the L.A. Times retracted the rape allegations. So they said they decapitated 40, 40 babies. They raped women. And then all that was retracted when people but the, but the damage was done. So that already spread like wildfires, CNN, Fox, everyone was spreading it around the world, saying, uh, you know, the Palestinians killed babies, raped women. And, and it was interesting, you know, all this will come out later on. The Israelis will do their commission after each conflict. The Israelis themselves will do a commission. And this information will come out from the Israelis, from B'Tselem, from human rights organizations, from Amnesty, from, and they will, they will analyze both sides, what both sides did, and reports will come out. And so the truth, in the fog of war, we've seen the Israelis use propaganda very efficiently. And it, and it works because what we've seen after October 7th, is something we've we haven't seen in decades. We, we probably, you know, where post 9/11, where people wanted revenge, you know, for the attacks of 9/11, you saw you saw Americans of all stripes saying, "Destroy these people, kill these people." They justified genocide on national television. Um, so that was that was very scary. That was a wake up call uh, to Palestinian Americans and to to Muslims and to folks who care about justice. It was a, and also Jewish Americans because. We saw what happened with Jewish Americans around the nation protesting, some of the largest protests in New York, in Washington, D.C., in California. I'm saying, not in our name, cease fire now. And and, and even, even uh, you see the footage coming out of Jerusalem where ultra-Orthodox Jews are protesting and getting beat up by Israeli police forces for, for, for speaking out against what's happening. Let me, let, me let me ask you a question. Let's go back to October 7th, Hamas, uh, and it is not typically contested that Hamas uh, attacked Jews in Israel and killed or took hostage uh, a, a significant number of people. What response should they have had to uh, that attack on them from their, and I just want to leave it there and, and ask you that. What is it that they should have done as opposed to what they did do? Well, they should have ended the occupation. If there was no, if there was no occupation, there's no Hamas, there's no armed groups. If there's no occupation, the Palestinian authority signed a peace deal with Israel. What did they get? What did they get out of that? What did the Palestinians get out of that? In, in, in so, the question, the question is, desperate people do desperate things. Now we don't condone we don't condone attacks against civilians. We made that clear and early on, without even knowing details. We've always been clear. Um, care has for two dec for over two decades. Care has been, care has been on the record that targeting civilians is against our faith, and will never be justified. Now, what's what, what's what's happening is the Israelis themselves said this this was bound to happen because of what the pressure. The pressure cooker that's been cooking in Gaza and the West Bank from Israeli policies, and especially the well, right, but, but I, I have to interrupt you and just ask you for clarification. In response to the attack on October seventh, that Israel should have ended the occupation 
No, no. Without the I'm occupation, not... well, well yeah. I thought you said in the occupation and without the occupation, there's no reason for Hamas to exist. But that, my, my own reading is that Hamas has stated that the eradication of Israel is sort of the core principle of the organization. So, so theoretically, even if the occupation was ended, um, that would not end um, Hamas's existence. I can't speak on behalf of Hamas or any Palestinian group, but Hamas and other groups have come out and said they will accept the 67 borders. Really? Which is a two-state solution. And The Guardian actually just you know read an article in The Guardian addressing how, how the ideology of these groups in Palestine have evolved over the years. And they're saying, we accept the 67 border with the right of refugees to return. And so if that happens, problem is solved. Right, uh, there won't be you know armed uh, armed factions fighting anymore, and and we can have pe- we can have peace in that region. But but the thing is, Israel is not interested in that, and 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 for seventy five years, it just it just keeps getting worse and worse. And if the United States and, and all those who care about Israel, instead of pushing just blanket support for Israel, more funding, more arms over the years, had they pushed. Uh, for peace and a two-state solution, we would have been in a very different situation right now. And then you have, you know, and then you you, you saw split. Folks left APAC um, and joined uh, J Street, create, you know, and joined J Street and pushing for a two-state solution because they recognize that in the long term, that if you want Israelis to be safe, the Palestinians have to be safe, and the occupation has to end. That these people's histories are intertwined, and that both need to live with in, in security and dignity. And until then, the conflict will continue. Occupied people are always going to fight back. They're not going to just accept that they're going to be under occupation. And years ago, after 9-11, a number of Muslim Americans talked about the fear and um, just sort of the sense of anxiety that they had just going about their daily lives in their country, this country. Fast forward to today, Bassam, how are Muslim Americans, Palestinian Americans, what are their daily lives like at this moment? Um, it is the feeling that uh, was shared with me post 9-11, is that present again today? I think the fear, you know, if it's not the same, maybe even more, because what we're seeing today, we are seeing hate incidents around the country. We're seeing hate incidents in this region, uh, 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 college students uh, being harassed. Uh, we had a, a hate incident in Fresno, California, where someone in a truck attacked uh, pro-Palestinian um, so, um, so, uh, protesters. And so, and and one of and one of the women had to go, you know, get, um, get a surgery. She, he ran over her leg, and so we're seeing attacks here. We're seeing people get fired from their jobs all around for posting, um, you know, in, against what's happening in Gaza, losing their jobs. And there's there's a campaign of doxing students, uh, professors, any uh, employees. There's now campaigns to dox to expose their fellow workers who are ex- who are speaking out against what's happening in Gaza. So it is a very scary, you know, environment right now. Actually, let, let, let me ask you about that. Yeah. There are some who say that um, 
opposing the, the policies of Israel is de facto anti-Semitism, and that the two are inextricably intertwined together. What's your view on that? Oh, I mean, I reject that. I reject, uh, I mean, imagine saying that any criticism of Saudi Arabia is Islamophobic. No one's going to accept that. And so this has been a strategy uh, from pro-Israeli groups in the United States to connect those issues together. And they pass resolutions. They pass re resolutions here and even in California. Uh, you know, to um, they passed legislation that for, to boycott Israel is against the law. And, and, and what's scary about these, the, these two, that this is, infringes upon our First Amendment rights. Now, we, in, even Palestinians, have condemned any forms of anti-Semitism. But to criticize Israel, um, that is, we, we don't accept that as anti-Semitism. But that's been a strategy. And that's to, to silence all those who stand up for Israel, for, for, for the Palestinians. It's been a strategy. Um, and, but who's been speaking out against this? or many American Jews were saying, uh, no, not in our name. This is unacceptable. And you see what happened in New York where thousands of young American Jews have taken to the streets, have taken over uh, metro stations and say, you know, and say, and, and, and say, we will not accept, um, you know, the, the policies of Israel um, as, as American Jews. So I think it's dangerous. And I think it's, it's, a, it's, it's a scary strategy. And there's some folks, some Americans are supporting it, uh, but you know, this, infringes upon our first amendment rights and and then what's next you 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 attack you know you you attack the, the you know folks that speak out against israel who can attack next and so it's to, a slippery slope to take a, to take it a step further from this um view among some that uh any criticism of israel is de facto anti-semitism i, I want to ask you from the view of, of CARE and um, other affiliated organizations. Does Israel, uh, the fundamental question always seems to come down to, does Israel have a right to exist? It has, a, it ha so for uh, to ask a Palestinian, would it, would, you have to, we have to ask the Israelis, will you ever allow the Palestinians to come back? The, the 750,000 now that are millions around the world, will they allow them to come to come back. So for me, as a Palestinian, there were originally displaced in the Nakba. Yeah, I, I, as a Palestinian American, it depends what Israel sees itself in the future. But what it's showing us is that it can. It, it's it's continuing the occupation after seventy five years. Palestinians can not only not come back. Any some a lot of Palestinians have left. They've had their Israeli IDs from Jerusalem removed. So there's been ethnic cleansing, and this is this is not according to me. This is um, Ayan Pepe, uh, a famous Israeli historian, um, has written extensively about the ethnic uh, cleansing um, happening um, in historic Palestine. And so the question is about the existence of Israel. What, is that, what does that mean to a Palestinian? Because according to the Israelis, that means that we have no future in it. And right now, the reports that are coming out is to depopulate. The right wing in Israel want to depopulate the West Bank, and they want to send the Gazans to Egypt, and they want to send the, West, the folks in the West Bank to Jordan. So that's what they're speaking about. So when you ask a Palestinian about Israel's right to exist, they're, they're, they don't want us to exist. And they've been fighting to ensure that no Palestinian entity or state exists. So I cannot support an, a state that is fundamentally opposed and trying to destroy our people systematically uh, uh, year after year. Uh, so uh, Israel's uh, a reality. Uh, so, so the thing is, but, but here's the thing, and I, and I mentioned this earlier, 
the Palestinians already accepted Israel. In 1996, the Palestinians already accepted Israel. But what did, we, what did the Palestinians get in return? There's no state. And it was a sham. It, it was a sham. But now you look at Netanyahu himself on video. In a, in a, in a, in a, it was a hidden video when he was speaking to some settlers. Um, they recorded and they and they and, and they released it. He's saying that he tricked the Americans. They're, he's never going to make peace. He talks he talks peace in front of the world, and then behind the scenes he's working to destroy the two state solution. Let, let so, me uh, let me just ask you this in our final moments, Passman. And again, very briefly, what do you want your fellow citizens, not just in this region, but across the country? What is it that you want them to know and to focus on in the coming weeks and months? That every life, every life, Palestinians, Israelis, Muslim, Christian, Jew, Hindu, no, no matter, if we value the life of human beings and believe that everyone deserves freedom, dignity, I think it will change everything. I think our policies will be much more humane to not just Israel and Palestine, we have, unfortunately, our policies toward the world have not been very fair and just, you know? Over a million Iraqis were killed due to the invasion that was on a false premise. So we have to we have to do some soul, 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 soul searching as a nation to see, are our policies giving human beings of all stripes, doesn't matter what, dignity? Are we pushing for policies that keep everyone safe? And until, and until we can address that, the Israelis and Palestinians will never be safe. They will never live in, in peace and stability. And so it really, the United States has fueled the fire in that region. I said, like I mentioned earlier, the, 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 it started with European anti-Semitism, and now we're not helping. We're not helping the situation. And the, 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 it, one, and one thing to come, it comes down to this. Ben Gurion, the founder of Israel, who's a European, who came from Europe, he said um, about the Palestinians, we will, they will not allow the Palestinians to come back after the Nakba. And then he and then he mentioned, he said. The old will, will forget, sorry, the old will die, the old will die, and the young will forget. The and and Bassam, we're going to have to leave it there. Thank you um, for sharing your perspective with us. Thank you. And that's our show. Thanks to our guest, and thanks to you for watching Studio Sacramento. I'm Scott Syfax. See you next time right here on KVIE. Thank you for listening to Studio Sacramento from KVIE Public Television. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes to help others find it. All episodes of Studio Sacramento, along with other KVIE programs, are available to watch online at kvie.org video.